All right, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly, and it's episode number 455, and we're recording live on Sunday evening. Uh, It is March the 8th. It is the um, official Daylight Savings Changeover Day. So uh, for those who do that, uh, like we do here in Toronto, and you do, right, Ariana? So how are you? I'm tired. It's like the longest, shortest day of the year. You know, we sprung forward an hour. It's also, though, International Women's Day. Yes. So it's all those women out there listening. You won't hear this on International Women's Day, but happy day to you. And you know what? Like, it's kind of bogus, though, that they give us International Women's Day on the shortest day of the year. So we don't even get, like, a full 24 hours. You know, we got 23 hours. (laughs) How many women are waking up going, I want my extra hour of sleep? Yeah. I want my extra hour of sleep, but I want my extra hour of celebration. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> we should do it on the fall switch switch back when you get the extra hour. Exactly. Then we get 25 hours. Of there you go. There you go. All right. Well, we've got a um a good show for you. Um for those of you who are stuck at home and can't travel anywhere like me. Um the good news is, is that you don't have to travel anywhere to, to see and watch and listen to this show. You can just be in your home office, sitting on the couch, pajamas on, whatever. We've got a show for you. So here we go. Three industry news stories, three member news stories. And as always, Brianna will kick it off. I will. I am not on my couch, but I am in my pajamas. So if it makes you feel any better, I am all cozied up for a story that you should be reading whenever you have pajamas on because it is uh, pizza. I always get the pizza stories and I always go first. So Papa John's is doing some AR fun. Um, And I actually really like this story. I think I'm usually a little bit, um, I don't know, Debbie Downer on some of the AR, but we've had a few good ones lately that we've liked. And this is another one because it has some really strong numbers behind it. Um, So they, Papa John's did a Valentine's Day AR Snapchat lens. And what they did, they were promoting their like heart-shaped pizzas and they had the front-facing camera, you know, where you could do the the different lenses and play with the heart themes. Um, But what's really important is that after, after the Snap users were able to like, you know, have fun with that little feature, they could order a pizza. And they had a, uh, a conversion rate of 25%. So one out of every four people who actually did this um, ordered a pizza. That is pretty incredibly high numbers. Um, they saw 60% um, uh, 60% of the lens viewers were also unique and 6% lift and brand awareness. So eh, who cares about the brand awareness so much, but 25% conversion, that's real dollars. They invested in Snapchat and they probably saw a big return on that. So I think that's really huge. Um, you know, we always talk about like the power of words or the power of like visualization and what does that mean? So when people kind of visualize themselves eating a pizza and it's Valentine's day and maybe you're not with somebody and you just need some comfort food, you know, like mm-hmm. order that pizza. Um, so today it's kind of funny today at church, I told you about the whole like pop tart thing they were talking about. And then I ended up buying pop tarts and I thought this story was very appropriate because today they were talking about, have you had the Popeye's chicken sandwich, you know, was there and then it was gone and now it's back and and I actually have been presenting some case studies recently about that whole thing and so today I was like you know what I haven't had my cheat day this week 
it's like, you know, my husband has to work. I don't really feel like cooking. So I'm never taking my kids to Popeye's. Let's do it. And I did. And I had the chicken sandwich, but it's just crazy how the power of visualization or the power of words <laughs> the ability to make you want something that you would usually not go and eat. Um, so whether that's a heart shaped Papa John's pizza or a Popeye's chicken sandwich, um, you know, I think this is a powerful thing that, that they have the ability to obviously make people want something you you see it and you want it and if it's right there and easy for you to order it through snapchat hey i think this is super smart and i think this is the way that ar campaigns or you know qsr should be run but, but the most important question is how was the popeye's chicken sandwich <laughs> <laughs> all right so this is what my husband asked me he's like please tell me you got the chicken sandwich at least and i'm like i did get it um it was okay. I, I think that maybe Popeye's was having an off day because I've heard from so many people how great it was. Like it didn't have the sauce that I heard was supposed to be on it. The bread was kind of hard. Um, so I just ended up eating just the chicken and not the sandwich. So I was like, maybe they're having an off day. I would maybe try it again. I would not say that it was far superior to Chick-fil-A by any means. There you go. Sorry. All right. All right. Well, if Popeyes is listening, send her another one. Let her give her another chance. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So I, I like this story. I don't have a lot to add to it. Um, you know, I, I think we're seeing more and more great AR executions. Uh, obviously, the conversion rate uh, one in four is huge. Um, and what I like about it, too, is, is that, you know, if you're familiar with using the Snapchat um, lens feature and things like that, you know, it's easy to sort of activate this. But if you're not, you can also add, you sort of get into the stream of this experience through the snap codes uh, uh, type of application, which is like a QR code essentially. So it's an AR physical marker that you would put on, you know, a poster or a sign somewhere in the window of the store or that type of thing. Um, and then from there, basically launch you into the, uh, into the application. So, you know, it, it's a, it's another great way to sort of add and onboard more users uh, into the campaign, which I think was uh was a good thing to kind of throw in there as well. So yeah, that's it. I like it. Uh, on to our second story. Now this one's super interesting to me. Um, so Purina, uh, pet food company uh, in France has been playing around. So this is a, a partnership between Purina and their um, agency, McCann, uh, teamed up to create something that they call Street Vet. Um, and so using essentially out-of-home uh, billboard advertising, um, uh, so this is like an interactive billboard essentially, and they pack it full of, uh, you know, pheromones that attract the dogs. And so you're out walking your dog essentially in the streets of Paris and you come in nearby one of these billboards and the dog sort of picks up the scent, if you will, and then goes there and uh, is basically encouraged to urinate uh, on the billboard, um, you know, like dogs do. Um, and what it does is, is, is that they built the billboard in such a way that it, it can analyze the urine and then detect if there's any health problems uh, on the spot with your dog, which is why it's called street vet, as in veter veterinarian. Um, it takes about 30 seconds to do the analysis, and then there's a digital screen that spits out the results. And then it comes up with uh, recommendations on a diet that... Um, might be helpful to prevent further disease uh, progression. And if it's really serious in terms of what they detect, then 
basically, you can download the full results of, of the medical assessment and then, you know, take that to your actual veterinarian uh, for further uh, investigation. So I think it's kind of fun. I think it's, 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 it's cool. It's different. It's interesting. You know, it brings me way, way back in the LBMA, you know, to, I think probably I'm going to say somewhere around 2012, 13, there was a campaign with a uh, pet food company out of uh, Germany called Granada. And they had done a billboard uh, with a, um, uh, for dogs also, but with uh, food. And this was like a sort of high-end organic dog food, pomegranate-based dog food. I can remember. I don't know how I remember that, but anyways. Um, and uh, basically, you would go up to the uh, to the billboard as you're out walking your dog, and it was a, a campaign tied in with Foursquare. You would check in at that time, 2013. We're not checking in anymore. 2013, you check into the billboard as a location. And then it would actually, uh, it had this like bowl there and it would spit out like a, a sample of dog food that your dog could go up and just eat from and try it out. So, you know, product sampling from the billboard for dogs, in this case, you know, figuring out kind of, you know, what their uh, health issues are. So I think it's kind of fun. It's interesting. What do you think? Uh, I mean, it kind of made me laugh, honestly. Like I, I'm not saying it's not creative. I think it's totally creative and, um, but Man, would I have loved to be in that meeting whenever whoever that creative director was that presented this idea, like to the their executives, like this is what we're going to do. Um, it just made me laugh, and I was like also wondering how many humans have tried this out. But um, yeah, it kind of reminded me of a different story that we talked about a long time ago, where uh, there was like a restaurant that could be tailored so specifically to you that you could send in your stool two weeks yeah. in advance so that you could have something that was tailored specifically towards your like gut. Anyways. Um, I mean, I think this is really interesting. I don't know if it's the way to go from a billboard perspective, but I think they put a lot of thought into it and, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't really knock it. It's for dogs, but it's so little it's out there. They're definitely pushing the boundaries. I like it. Yeah, interesting stuff. So, I mean, like, good on Nestle for sort of pushing the boundaries a little bit, trying to get a little more creative in ways to promote uh, the quality of their, uh, you know, their pet food product stuff. So there you go. All right, third story. So this is a very interesting story to me. Um, Instacart is sort of uh, promoting this new feature they have been testing out. And like many other marketers and advertisers trying to play on, you know, the hype and the climate of coronavirus and everything that's going on. And what's interesting is like just two days ago, we were doing this research internally about what's the effect been of the coronavirus for like food delivery apps or, you know, things like Instacart or, you know, anything like that. Um, and we really weren't seeing like some of the app downloads were going up, some were going down, you know, some daily active users were going up, others were going down. So it was really hard to see anything consistently changing. But something in this story is that Instacart was testing out this feature basically that gives the customers the option to just have um, their service person or their delivery person just leave the groceries on the doorstep. I feel like this is what I always do because inevitably I think I'm going to be home and then I'm 20 minutes late and I'm not home. And so I've just been telling them just like, just leave it on the doorstep. It's fine. 
Um, and so, but th this now is like an actual option. And, and they said that they were, they were testing this and started seeing more and more people take advantage of this feature. And they were saying that, you know, maybe it was because it's a safety thing from coronavirus. Like they don't want to be having any, I guess, interaction with the outside world. So sales also, they're claiming that sales have jumped um, tenfold over the last week and as high as 20 times over in areas where there were bigger outbreaks like Washington and California. So I think that's interesting. Um, something else that they've noted is that people are not really paying attention to anything that the CDC says and they are still, you know, kind of freaking out and, and going into this like, you know, over supply mode where they're stockpiling on non-perishable food items and sanitary supplies and prescription medication and all of those things. So um, lots of shortages when it comes to like gloves and masks and, you know, hand sanitizer and all of those different things. Um, but, you know, I think that in light of the fact that maybe it's not just for convenience, but also if you want to minimize the interaction that you have in places where there might be a lot of germs, like a supermarket, then, you know, the ability to use and leverage Instacart where just one person's bringing that to you, you know, I think is, is a great thing to take advantage of. And if Instacart, I don't know that it really has impacted what Instacart's business would have been before or not, but obviously people are probably trying to take more advantage of that in areas where there's high outbreaks or high outbreaks, some outbreaks. <laughs> Some outbreaks. Yeah, no, I, I think this is super interesting. And, and I think we're going to see more and more uh, adoption. You know, I, I think this is a, like a good news story. If you are, you know, not, there, there's no great news about coronavirus, you know, infecting people. But, you know, from an economic perspective for delivery uh, services and companies like this, um, you know, I think this is, this is a boon to them, right, in many ways, as we're seeing other industries benefit like Netflix and, and, and companies like that, where people are staying home, people are downloading more movies and more music and more audiobooks and more whatever, because, you know, they're maybe not going to be out sitting on a train reading a, you know, a real book anymore or whatever it is. Um, you know, so, so I think we're going to see a lot of this and I think it's going to speak to, you know, what will be a significant trend over the next couple of months, but, um, you know, expect Uber Eats, expect all these companies to, to really start reporting, you know, uh, a marked increase in numbers in certain, certain markets. But, uh, I mean, good on them for sort of taking something they were already doing and testing and kind of, you know, uh, finding ways to kind of, you know, standardize it out a little bit more formally. So, yeah. I'm glad somebody formalized my hypothesis that those were going up, even though you're I- You're just an innovator. You know, you're always pushing, you know, people to, to do their best, Abriana. Here you go. <laughs> All right, that's our three industry news stories for this week. Uh, we'll shift over now to our member news. And uh, I have the first story this week with our good friends at 7-Eleven. Now these guys, you know, they're, they're doing all kinds of things. You know, I, generally I applaud this company, you know, for always testing, trying new technologies and solutions. And they're sort of at it again with this new type of store uh, concept that they call the evolution store. Uh, this is the second one now. They have one, um, uh, or, or sorry, uh, this is the first one, but they're opening a second one in San Diego. The first one's in Washington, D.C. Um, and uh, it's really interesting. They think of it like a sort of like a lab test store 
where they try out all their latest innovations. They have uh, in both the stores, the San Diego store and the Washington DC store, they have a Laredo taco company restaurant inside of the 7-Eleven store. So is it really like a taco restaurant with a 7-Eleven store or is it a 7-Eleven store with a taco restaurant? And I don't know, but they seem to highlight that. Uh, I haven't been to one of these yet. Um, so if you're in DC and you get out to that, coronavirus permitting, uh, let us know what it's like. Um, but yeah, they, um, lots of different things, made to order specialty drinks, um, you know, like sort of the full coffee uh, counter, if you will, with mochas and lattes and everything else, smoothies and everything else. Um, they've got uh, cold treats bar with frozen yogurts and ice cream and, and all that sort of stuff, cookies, croissants. They have the seven now delivery app integrated into the store. So you can have your favorite items like fresh food and things like that brought straight to your door as well from this store, sort of picked there in the store and then kind of brought to you. And then they have something called the cellar, which is an alcove dedicated to to a, an expanded selection of wines, wines and craft beers as well. Um, and a growler station. So they're really kind of turning this into you know, sort of a full experience type of place, you know, almost like, you know, everything that you would need, uh, you know, sort of on the go, um, which is sort of the definition of convenience, but more so now today, as we think about not just going in, you know, for candy bars and, you know, uh, you know, a bag of milk, but, you know, now, you, you know, all the alcohol that you need, all the, you know, um, snacks that you need, you know, if you want to go have your you know, sort of think of it like how you walk into Whole Foods and there's the bar there, you can have a meal there. You know, like you sort of, you go have some tacos and some beer in the 7-Eleven. Come on, man. Well, you saw my, my line because I was thinking while you were describing it, I'm like, this sounds like your favorite bodega meets Whole Foods, right? Like everything yeah. you need is right there. And it probably is still okay for you to like hit it up in your sweatpants. So... Well, I mean, I, I remember, you know, when we used to do uh, Retail Loco in Austin at South by Southwest, uh, where anytime I would go there, like, you know, I'd like, you know, friends, you know, who live in the city or whatever, I'd be like, oh, let's get together. Let's meet up for, for you know, dinner or a snack or a drink or whatever. And it always blew my mind when people would say, no, Whole Foods is, is from Austin. But people would say, yeah, 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 we'll just meet you at the bar at the Whole Foods uh, for, for drinks or whatever. And I'm like, what do you mean we're going to be at the bar at the Whole Foods? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we go to the gym across the street. And then after our workout, we go over to the Whole Foods. And, we, and I'm like, okay. So it's a thing. It's a thing. And so I guess 7-Eleven is trying to sort of be the next version of that with a taco restaurant. Yeah. Test it out, man. All right. I mean, if you can – the thing about going to Whole Foods is like – it's, it's more of an effort to like park and get into a bigger store. But if you could just go into like a smaller store or just walk into it, I mm -hmm. think that's like when you have more of like the convenience play, right? Yeah. So I like it. Yeah. All right. Different direction now. We're moving away from food for once. Moving away from food and comfortable clothing and being coronavirus in your house. Okay. Um, TapAd is partnering with Gimbal. Now this is an interesting story and I have theories. I have like all of these theories behind this, but, um, you know, TapAd has kind of moved from just being like programmatic advertising space to now being, you know, what they really consider their foundational thing is their cross device identity resolution. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now they're partnering with Gimbal. So Gimbal, you know, 
we know Gimbal very well at LBMA and um, on this podcast. And they have done a lot with location-powered marketing solutions. Um, and they're one specific footfall attribution solution, which is called Arrival, right? So now they are leveraging tap ads um, cross-device solution, um, the tap ad graph, to enhance their footfall attribution called Arrival. Makes sense, right? Pretty straightforward partnership. Um, now, Arrival delivers like a, the dwell-based attribution um, for in-store traffic. And now they're leveraging the cross-device graph to say like, hey, you know, all of these devices equal this person, which was in the store, and tying those things together. Um, so you can say like, you know, this smartphone equals this computer equals this tablet and blah, 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 and so on. Um, pretty simple. I, I mean, I think that like we saw Gimbal recently acquire um, physical, right? Yeah. And now, you know, before Gimbal wasn't really in the business of monetizing data or licensing data, and they sort of got into that with physical, and now they're working with TapAd. I mean, I could totally see Gimbal acquiring somebody else and, and kind of continuing to add these little like notches on for all of these different location solutions. So I feel like it's very interesting. I don't know who that could be, but I have ideas, but we'll see what happens in the next, you know, six months. We're going to continue. I think we're going to continue to see these partnerships, you know, but I think partnerships oftentimes are sort of like the dipping the toe in the water to see how things go. And I think we're going to continue to see these types of companies like lump together um, because of the change in, in the ecosystem that's approaching us with cookies going away with, um, you know, potentially device IDs or maids going away and not being available for use from, from an advertising perspective. And so I think that companies have to sort of leverage what they have and where they're really deeply invested. And so clumping those things together makes sense. And so I, I anticipate we're going to continue to see more of this and we're going to continue to see some more companies just sort of phase out. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think the the environment is changing. There's a need for some companies will, will disappear altogether. Others will will team up and join as we're seeing already. I think there's going to be a lot of M&A activity this year uh, or at least investments. I mean, I mean, it's interesting because just this past week was the annual live ramp conference. Um, you know, I, I find that conference for me is always a great sort of showcase of this type of partnership and synergies between companies in the industry. Um, and in a lot of ways, like, you know, you look at sort of what Gimbal's doing and some, some of the alliances and some of the things that are forming up, maybe there's, you know, a need to have another live ramp, if you will. Right. Um, or, you know, someone that can kind of sort of balance the, uh, the ecosystem a little bit more in, in that way. So I think there's more to come. I'm with you. Um, I'm not going to speculate at this point, but uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot more to come. Um, and uh, I could see some other LBMA members uh, getting involved in uh, partnering and or being acquired or something like that uh, by one of these players. So there you go. Good on Gimbal and Tapet. Yep. All right, final story uh, for this week. Now, on this show, over the last year or so in particular, we've talked a lot about sort of the growing power of voice technology, uh, you know, platforms like Siri and Alexa and all those types of things. Um, 
And uh, Pandora this time uh, has really embraced voice with a new type of ad. Uh, it's basically an ad that uh, responds. It's an interactive voice ad that responds uh, to you know being people people speaking in response to it essentially. So basically, you hear the ad. It's a voice ad, and then you answer it uh, verbally. You either say yes. Uh, the ad asks you a question or whatever it, it you know this where the keyword is that it's looking for but you're able to actually respond in a lot of ways you, you know you know when you call up like customer service at uh, the airline you got to change your reservation or whatever and you get into the you know sort of the automated system and it says you know say your number or say yes or say no it's it's kind of like that but but for ads now um, over over the Pandora network. They've got a number of brands that have been playing around with this, uh, including Doritos, Ashley Home Stores, Unilever, Wendy's, Turner Broadcasting, Comcast, and Nestle. Um, and the one example they say, if, if you like, so for example, there's an ad for Wendy's that asks listeners if they're hungry, and if they say yes, then the ad continues by offering a recommendation uh, about what to eat. So it's kind of like a, you know, think, think all the best of sort of those call center type of uh, applications, sort of the way you interact with, you know, your uh, Alexa type of device at home uh, in, in asking it things, but brought into a mobile advertising format. So I think this is super cool and interesting. I think there's a lot of uh, potential with this, this format of advertising that can really change the game for, for many brands. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that this is really smart. And um, what I what I was thinking about is like every once in a while when you hear an ad that resonates with you and you know the audience targeting or whatever has been done really well, you have questions immediately like, oh, I wonder if whatever. So I, I think that the ability to maybe like ask or no um, makes so much sense in that moment. And maybe if it doesn't resonate, I think it also helps them with their, with their, I guess, like uh, further filtration or further segmentation of what, you know, who this resonates with and why. Um, so I think that's one really cool point. The other thing is I'm thinking like, please do not, I hope I never hear these ads because as we started the show off with <laughs> me saying, if somebody puts like a bad food thought in my head, I will you know, it like just lingers there until I go and get that. So if they were like, remember, you know, when you used to eat Doritos at the pool on summer days, <laughs> <I'm happy." laughs> that will be like, <laughs> it'll be the antithesis to everything that I'm doing, um, you know, like eating healthy and working out now. So, um, but I think it's super smart and I love the idea of being able to interact on the spot, like in that given moment. I think that it's smart from not only an efficacy perspective, but also from a further fine tuning for at the advertiser. So it's awesome. There you go. Great job, uh, Pandora. Uh, and by the way, they're using technology from uh, companies called Instream, Instreamatic and AdsWiz are the two companies that sort of power that. So the interactive voice ads are from Instreamatic and AdWiz provides the, uh, the voice ad specifications. So there you go. I thought I haven't Ad heard of either company, so there you go. I thought maybe uh, AdWiz was the one working with the uh... <laughs> the billboard for the dogs. <laughs> uh, okay. 
That's our show for this week. You've been listening to Location Weekly, episode number 455. We thank you for listening and watching. Please, uh, if you have story ideas, reach out to us. If you have feedback, recommendations, uh, let us know. Give us some likes, give us some stars, whatever uh, you know you can. We love it all, and we just thank you for listening and watching every week. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll be back uh, to chat with you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh,